Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's go. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to go to one scripture for me. One scripture I want to look at. I want to look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 46. 1 Corinthians 15, 46. Uh, I want to just lay a foundation for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 46. And when you got it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're going to just look on the screen, say, I've been there, Bishop. All right. I encourage you to still, even if you look on the screen, still get the Harvest Mobile app so you can look at it and so you can do that. You ready? It says, but it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. Look at me. Paul is teaching a principle that uh, what ends up happening as we see things, we see things naturally first and those natural things reveal spiritual principles. So you may look at a movie and not realize there's a message in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You may look at something natural and not realize that God can show you something spiritual. So what we're doing with this series, Harvest at the Movies, is we're using movies to get messages. So I want you to say this. Say, Lord, speak through this movie. Open my eyes to see myself better so I can see you better. Change my perspective tonight and speak life into me like only you can. In Jesus' name, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, I, I want to move in this tonight. We're in this series, Harvest at the Movies. And Sunday, we started looking at the movie, The Lion King. And uh, I'm excited because they get ready to do this remake um, next week. And uh, we're going to be in Atlanta on the 19th uh, at the time this message is being preached. And so that means after Friday Night Fire, I'm going to go see the movie. All right? All right. I'm just telling you what I'm doing after church. So if you just, you know, the meet and greet going to be real quick because I got to go get to see that movie. Now, uh, watch this. Uh, in this movie, it's about Simba. Somebody say Simba. 
Simba is the son of Mufasa. Mufasa's name means king. Uh, he's the grandson of Ahadi, that means the promise, and he's the great-grandson of Mohatu, that means the savior. So check this out. Simba is, in fact, the son of the king, he's the son of the promise, and he's the son of the savior, which means when we see Simba, check it out, the movie has really given you a picture of yourself because he is now the son of the king. Well, the Bible says that our God is king of kings and lord of lords. Who are the other kings? Revelation 1 6 and Revelation 5 10 says that God has made us kings and priests which means you need to understand you are not trash you need to understand you're not a failure although you've had some you need to understand you're not a mistake although you've had some you are in fact a king you are in fact a queen you are not sent to be ruled reign conquered and subdued you are sent to rule reign conquer and subdue I need you to know you're not sitting next to somebody that God threw away you're sitting next to somebody that God has chosen since before they were formed in their mother's womb. I wish you knew the power that you had. Somebody shout, I'm a king. So Simba is the son of Mufasa, who is the incumbent king. He's the grandson of Ahadi. That, that, that means, watch this, the promise. Now, the Bible makes us a whole lot of promises. And God says, here's how a promise works. If you do this, then I'll do this. It's called an if-then statement. So that's how God works. God says, if you do this, if you are willing and obedient, for example, you will eat the good of the land. In other words, every promise that God's word has, it is connected to an action that you and I have to take. Some people get angry with God because, watch this, you wanted the promise without the process. Sometimes people get angry with God because you wanted to see the promise, but you didn't want to have a problem. Now, realizing that the only way to get to the promise is you're going to have to go through some problems. I wish you stopped looking at problems as a bad thing and you start seeing problems as a compliment. What do you mean, God? If you're trusting me with this trouble, if you're trusting me with this problem, you are, in fact, trusting me with something big on the other end. You do not face a Goliath unless you're about to get a kingdom. You do not face a big obstacle unless God's about to put something big in your hands. And I need some of y'all to realize God said to say to you, he's proud of how you've been handling the hell that you've been dealing with. God says he's proud of how you've been handling your problems. He says, because baby, I'm about to put a promise on you because you did not crack. You did not give up. You did not throw in the towel. He's the son of the promise, but promises have process. And that's what the whole movie, The Lion King, is about. It is about Simba's process to get to the promise. What's his promise? The throne. See, God will show you what he's going to give you and say, now, you're going to have to go through hell to get it. God will show you something amazing and say, now, you're going to have to go through process to get it. God will show you something incredible and say, now, you got to go through process to get it. I need you to realize that the reason for the process is to make sure you're strong enough to handle it when you get it. So when you get it, you don't lose it. Your days of getting stuff and losing stuff have come to their end. Your days of getting stuff and dropping stuff have come to their end. I need you to realize that your neighbor's about to walk in the biggest manifestation of God's power they've ever seen. And watch me, they ain't going to lose it this time. They ain't going to drop it this time. Somebody say, not me. So the whole movie is about, watch this, him being the son of a promise. But to be the son of a promise, you have to go through process. And that process involves a whole lot of trouble, trouble. Whole lot of problems. Simba had 99 problems. Stop. All these problems he was dealing with wasn't because God was angry with him. It wasn't because God rejected him. It was because God had picked him. When you've been picked for a promise, you need to get used to problems and process. 
When you've been picked for a purpose, see, some of y'all say things like this, God, why me? Can I ask you a question? Why not you? Some of y'all say, God, why I always got to go through since she don't go through nothing? She ain't got no promise. You do. Y'all not talking to me. I wish you stopped comparing yourself to regular folk. I wish you stopped comparing yourself to people who don't know Jesus. The rules are different when you know them and when you don't. I dare you to throw your hands up and say, there's a promise over my life. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, whole, the whole movie is about him going through process to possess the promise. He, he's the son of the king, and he is a king. He's the son, the grandson of the promise, and he's the great-grandson of Mohatu. That means the savior. Now, here's what's amazing, is that sometimes we don't fully recognize God and all of his attributes toward us. Somebody say, he's my savior. Savior means, watch this, there's got to be something you can't save yourself from. That he has to step in and save today. See, we, you know why we like hero movies so much? It's because we like seeing people swoop in and say today. My favorite hero is Batman. And the reason I like Batman, come on, Batman. That's all I got? Well, who y'all like? Some of y'all just hollering. You, that ain't no hero. I need a name. Jesus, that's great. Black Panther. Um... So, so somebody said Aladdin? Okay. All right. I like Batman. You want to know why I like Batman? I like Batman because that could really happen. There could really be a rich guy with money for toys. That could really happen. Superman, laser beams out of your eyes. Come on. Wonder Woman. She don't never get old. That girl been 27 for the last 150 years. <laughs> Spider-Man. Come on. I mean, you know, I don't even like spiders. It was one in the bathroom. You know, my bathroom earlier. I said, go on in there and kill that spider. Um, here's the deal. I like Batman because it could really happen. Now, check this out. You know why we like hero movies? We like hero movies because people find themselves in situations they can't fix by themselves. They need somebody greater than them to come save the day. Sometimes you miss, watch this, what you got going for you because you're so used to being strong, you don't realize even you need a savior. You so used to figuring it out. You so used to, I got to make this happen. I got to do this for mama. I got to do this for daddy. I got to do this for Pukinim. I got to make sure I do this. I got to do it. And sometimes God says, your strength is getting in my way because you don't even realize you need somebody stronger than you to save you. I dare you to throw your hands up and say, he's my savior. Which means there's stuff that I might find myself in. I don't know how to get out of. I don't know how to deal with. I don't know how to overcome. And I need a savior. Only arrogant people think that they don't need help sometimes. Sometimes you need some help. Sometimes you need somebody stronger than you to step in and say today because you five miles past empty and you ready to cuss everybody out. And God steps in and saves the day. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that knew he's a savior. I wish somebody on your road had been through something in life where they saw God step in and they saw him save the day. That car accident should have killed you, but he saved the day. That divorce should have made you lose your mind, but he saved. When your daddy left, you felt abandoned and rejected, but you're still standing. God saved. The he's a savior. 
So Simba, the whole movie is about the king who needs a savior, who is his father, going through process to get a promise. So you got to see yourself as Simba. Look at Dick's name and say, what's up, Simba? Don't be getting offended. Every story, though, is told from a perspective. See, if, if I was to hold up, if I was to hold this up, tell them, tell them what you see. What do you see on the screen? Uh, you talk to me. What do you see? See the time? You see, what do I see? The date? Let me ask you something. What y'all see? Nothing. Who's right? Both. Ooh, I'm coming for you. There are people you have falsely accused of being wrong. Y'all was looking at the same thing, but looking at it from a different perspective. What if the reason we villainize Scar is because we never looked at it from Scar's perspective? Let me give you one more example. One more example. Tell me what y'all see. The only appropriate electronic devices in God's house. No, I'm just playing. I'm just saying. What y'all see? You see, you see, right here, what you see? You see an apple. You see laptop. I don't see that. I see some notes. I see the date. I see some yellow highlighting on the notes. But we're looking at the same thing. But we're looking at it from two different angles. And those two different angles are called perspectives. And check this out. Sometimes you are angry with God because God's looking at it and saying, King, promise, Savior. You look at it and saying, I don't see that. Come here. You looking at your life and you're looking at it from this angle and saying, nothing's working. And God says, everything looks fine to me. I got you covered. I wish you realized that your only problem is in your perspective. I wish you realized that when God says he got you, baby, he got you. I realize that since you're a faithful giver, you need to know automatically you're going to flourish. I wish you'd stop acting like God is wrong simply because you can't see it the way he sees it. He's omniscient, omni, all sheant, knowing. Now, here's what that means. That means that God has a 360 view of the whole thing. You and I see linear, which means I see from now to tomorrow. And now and then you'll feel real good and start thinking five years ahead, 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead. Some of y'all got plans for when you're 94. <laughs> Come on here. But God says, watch this, you're looking linear. You're trying to figure out what next step you take. God says, the issue with me is, is I'm looking at the whole thing. Because I see it from a 360 perspective. I see it all the way around. And check this out. I don't just see you in the year you are now. I see you from your beginning to your end. And I declared your end when you got started at your beginning. Why is that important to know? You need to realize the best thing you got going for you is Jesus. The best thing you got going for you is God. And I need you to stop thinking that you're so self-sufficient that you don't need Jesus. Would you touch your neighbor and say, we need him, baby. We need him. 
every story is told from a perspective. I feel like preaching, I think. Which isn't inaccurate. It's just incomplete. See, he saw, what did you see? You saw the date. I ain't nobody asked you nothing. You saw the date. Siri's talking. Siri, don't, has your Siri been talking to you and you ain't been talking to it? I'm concerned. Alexa the other day said to me, we haven't met. I said, girl, you done been in my house for three years. We met. I don't know who resets you, but we got trouble. We got problems. You know me. So I was a little concerned. I unplugged it this morning. I said, well, if you don't know me, you don't got no business being in my house. Go on now. <laughs> you see the date. You see the time, right? Wait, oh, you don't see that now. Hold on. Wait, okay, what you see? See the date. See the time. See a bunch of messages and all kind of alerts. Now check this out. Y'all didn't see that, right? Both people were right because they were from a different perspective. Your perspective isn't inaccurate. It's just incomplete. And many of you, watch this, not you, you're super deep, but your neighbor, your neighbor, your neighbor has been judging the future based on one angle. Now realizing God has already gone ahead of them and handled what it is they worried about, they just can't see it from the perspective they're currently dealing with. The throne was symbols no matter what. He was just going to have to go through some process and deal with some problems. But God says, baby, the throne belongs to you. I need you to throw your hands up and say, God has already decided in my favor. Already. Now, perspective matters because it alters what you call truth and reality. What if the part you saw was right, but only because you didn't see the whole thing? If Star was to tell the story, what would he say? What would be wrong with, in fact, how he saw it? So on Sunday, I gave you a few points. I'm going to go into just a couple of those today to help us today. Well, what's this? So, so the Lion King begins with the Zulu words that translate, oh, yes, it's a lion and we're going to conquer. And I told you on Sunday that the spiritual principle for you and I to get was to declare the ending of the thing at the beginning. Check this out. On Sunday, in a conversation, and I mentioned this on prayer on Monday, the Lord convicted me about declaring the end or the outcome of certain things because of the beginning of those things. You missed it. See, we're supposed to declare the end at the beginning, which means I don't care what I'm facing now, at the end, I win. I don't care what the doctor's report said. You sitting in the house where regular praise reports of stuff being healed, regular praise reports of stuff being... That's just what, that's the oil we run with. Check this out. Which means at the end I went. But here's what, here's what I was doing in certain things. I was declaring the end because of the beginning. You missed it. I didn't declare the end at the beginning. I was declaring the end because of the beginning. What do you mean? I was calling it bad because it started bad. I was saying it wasn't going to work because it started out that way. I wish you'd understand, watch this, say life and death are in my tongue. See, that's not being godly because you can call it like it is. That's being regular. You and I are supposed to be, watch this, the Bible says he's made us in his image and in his likeness. Which means, watch this, what is God? He's a speaking spirit that creates with his mouth. What are you and I? We're speaking spirits that we create with our mouths. So let's go Bible, Isaiah 46.10. It says this. 
declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish my purpose. What does God do? He declares the end from the beginning. What does God do? He declares the end from the beginning. What does God do? He declares the end from the beginning. Well, if he does that, what are we supposed to do? The same thing. But what do we sometimes do? We decide what it's going to be based on how bad it looks now. I need to back that thing up because I don't think you're getting it. See, because it's frustrating the heaven, hell, and earth out of you now, you have decided and you called it frustrating. Now, realizing that's a temporary moment, not a permanent outcome. I need your neighbor to realize that there's some temporary stuff that God says, I'm about to shut that down. There's some temporary frustration. God says, I'm about to shut that down. There's some stuff that's been keeping you up at night. God says, I'm about to shut that down. I need you not to declare the end because of the beginning. I need you to declare the end from the beginning or at the beginning, which means I got to call it like I want to see it. I can't call it like I currently see it. Shut your mouth. I need you to realize you got power in your words. Romans 4.17. Romans 4, 17. It's a powerful scripture. Here's what it says. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. This is the writer of Romans, and he was writing and quoting something that God said to this guy named Abraham. Here's what he says. In the presence of God, in him who, uh, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. New King James says like this. He calls things that be not as though they were. Wait. He calls into existence what doesn't exist. Look at me. When we name something bad at the end because it was bad at the beginning, we're not being godly. We're being regular. We're being basic. And you need to know you ain't sitting next to no basic person. Please say amen. Please, please. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm not basic. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm not basic. Say, I'm godly. God, God will look at something. So when he steps into Genesis, and the Bible says that darkness covers the face of the deep. God says, let there be, and there was. He calls something into existence that wasn't there. He thought it. He said it. He saw it. What was in the meantime? Meantime. What was in the meantime? Meantime. He thought it. He said it. He saw it. Look at me. Many times, here's what we do. We think it. We see something else. We say the something else we saw. So it ends up staying what we saw. But that ain't godly. Godly is, okay, you got some mess going on with your finances. Okay, all right? Now, I declare the end, what? At the beginning, which means I don't want it to stay this way. So words that can't come out of your mouth are things like, I ain't got no money. Why can't you say that? Because you're determining the end based on the beginning. Words that can't come out of your mouth are, I'm broke. You being basic, and you're not basic. Simba. Things that can't come out of your mouth is, my family is toe up. 
Well, what do you think you were born for? Let me tell you, you were born to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You were born to be the curse breaker in your bloodline. You were born to be the one that accomplishes things in your bloodline that nobody else has done. God don't need somebody to just call a bad situation bad. He needs somebody that can step into a bad situation and say, I see it's bad, but I call it good. I see it's messed up, but I call it better. I see it's a mess, but I'm going to see a message. I see it's a test, but baby, it's going to be a testimony. It says he calls things that are not like it was. Let that settle on you. Because most of us, watch this, most folks simply repeat what they heard. You are a parrot. So somebody said, you ain't good. You repeat it. Somebody says, you ain't going to be nothing, you repeat it. Somebody said, you always screw up, you repeat it. And God says, I need you to shut that down. Would you just do that hand movement with me? Shut it down. God says, I need you to, so that way tomorrow when some stuff is coming at you, you can just be like, ah. I need you to stop being so nice to the devil. I need you to stop being so nice to negative thoughts. I need you to stop being so nice with stuff that's trying to take you down. You've been through too much to get taken down now. I need you to learn how to shut some stuff. Tell. Watch. God says, I need you to call things that be not as though they were. Which means, watch this. If you're dealing with a financial challenge, because you're a faithful giver, here's what you need to say. I'm a faithful giver, so I'm flourishing. God's making people bless me. God's making people favor me. Come here. God's making people create revenue for me. God's bringing me streams of revenue and resources I didn't even know nothing about. I need you not to just repeat the negative doctor's report you got. I need you to say healing is the children's bread and I'm his son or I'm his daughter so that means I get to eat from a place called healing. So when people ask you how you feel, heal. When people ask you how you're doing, heal. When people ask you how your body heal, I need you to call things that be not as though they were. But Scar, let's go now. Scar wouldn't see it like that because as the plot of the movie unfolds quickly, uh, Simba, uh, uh, or Scar, who is uh, Simba's uncle, he says this in the opening line. He says, life's not fair, is it? Which means he says this after he does not show up when Simba is anointed by Rafiki to become king because Scar thinks that he should be king. And I said this to you on Sunday, pay attention to who's not clapping when you're winning. Why did Scar say life's not fair? It's because from Scar's perspective, I'm going to call it what it is instead of calling it what I want it to be. So Scar, looking at the same thing, says, why, why is this happening to me? When Scar should have looked at that thing and said, something's going on inside of me. Let me, let me, let me take it from See, from Scar's perspective, he should have been next. Why am I not good enough for the throne? Some of y'all got family drama right now because you're doing what other folk in your bloodline think they should be doing. And some of you, watch this, the competition in your bloodline is that you're starting to outdo folk that are trying to... 
I wish some of y'all would be honest about some of the stuff that goes on. You would be healed if you could finally be real. Some of the stuff going on in your life as folk are mad that you're outdoing the line that they set and they're trying to shut you down and shut you up and say you're doing too much. You just think you're all that. You think you're great. Baby, I know you don't want to go nowhere, but that ain't going to be the story. Watch. Scar says, so now they got this whole family drama going on. Can I teach the movie? Because the movie is really showing biblical principles. They got this whole family drama going on because there's this competition between why am I not the one getting ready to be king? Y'all going to anoint Simba to be king? He ain't even grown. Y'all going to pick Simba to be king? He ain't even grown. He ain't fought no battles. Scar, the last battle you fought is how you got your name. You lost. The last battle you fought, you proved you weren't ready for what you were trying to get. See, you wanted to be on the throne, but you didn't know how to handle the throne because the scar is evidence of your lost victory. It's how you got your name. You failed. So now you're mad that somebody else is getting an opportunity to succeed. I need you not to be mad when you see other people winning. I need you to learn how to celebrate. Matter of fact, hear me, Harvest. Hear me Wednesday night. We are not the type of people that when other people are winning, we beat them down. We're the type of people that when other people are winning, we... I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. I want to see you win. I want to see you conquer. I want to see you do incredible. Watch. Just about through. Scar was rejected from the throne. Say why, Bishop? Well, his name reveals his heart. It's the same way in Scripture. When you study the meaning of somebody's name, you understand why somebody moves like they do. If you study the meaning of your name, you'll understand why you are the way you are. Every time somebody says your name, they are declaring your future. They are calling the end from the beginning. Now, now watch this. His, he's rejected from the throne because of his heart. And here's what we learn about Scar's heart. We learn about Scar's heart this, that his name reveals his heart. His name means debris or trash. Scar is full of debris from his past, which means the only thing Scar has to offer is trash. All right, watch me. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Now, we about to shout right through here. Can I just tell you we about to shout right through here? Okay, let me tell you why I'm going to shout. Because I'm going to explain to you why some stuff is going down the way it's going. I'm going to explain to you why some of the folk that you was running with in January, you ain't running with in June, in July. I'm going to splank something to you. Can I splank something to you? 1 Samuel 16 and 7. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel's the man of God. It says, do not look on his appearance. Look at me. We always are looking at the outward, and that's dangerous. We look at, watch this, some of you single people, you're looking at how good y'all's pictures look together, and you ignore the fact that y'all are poisoned for one another. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me? You ain't going to say to me? But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at him or the height of his stature. He says, I rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Heart in scripture means the mind. Can I teach you Wednesday? God says, I saw their thoughts and knew they weren't good towards you. I saw their motives and realized they weren't good towards you. And so even though you wanted them in your life, I saw what they were really thinking about you. 
I wish you stopped being mad about the people God rejected. I wish you stopped being mad about the people God dismissed. Can I tell you the truth? There are some nouns. People, places, things, and ideas that God has rejected because he saw what you wouldn't see. And there's some in your life he's rejecting right now because he sees what you won't see. There's some relationships right now that's like this here. And this ain't for everybody, but this is for somebody. You are literally fighting to hold on and protect what God has rejected. He says, he says, don't look on the outward appearance. See, as far as Scar was concerned, I deserve the throne. I look like a king. I'm older than Simba. My hair, my mane is bigger than Simba's. And God says, but I look at your heart, Scar, and your heart is full of trash. Your heart is full of degree, uh, debris. What's debris? That means something crashed. See, every time there's a, there's a plane crash, there's something called a debris field. And the debris field is where all the parts of the plane are now scattered and they're all there. And that debris field represents what something used to be but is no longer. Scar literally, watch this, he's always talking about how he used to do, what he used to be. But he won't get himself to be that now. I need you to divorce yourself from yesterday and realize you are in today. And I need you to stop beating yourself up from your failures and your mistakes. And I need you to realize, somebody say, I'm in a new day. But if you constantly going, watch this, going back to the debris field, trying to put broken pieces together of something that ain't never going to fly again. God says, Scar, there's nothing but debris and trash in you. So I reject you from being king because what, what are you going to do? If I give you rulership over these people, you are literally going to make them like you, trashy. Look at me. There are certain friends that God shut it down because you wouldn't. There are certain relationships God shut them down because you wouldn't. Y'all not talking to me. There are certain folks you used to run with that God shut it down and said, not no more. There are certain people that blocked you on social media and you don't even know why they mad. God shut it down because he says, you don't know what's coming up around the corner and you were going to be caught up in their mess. I shut it down so I was protecting you. Would you take three seconds and give God glory for rejecting some stuff? Thank you for shutting some stuff down. Thank you for rejecting some stuff. Thank you for saying no, even when I wanted to say yes. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. So here it is. Let me close the message. Everybody can have a scar around them who tries to trash you through giving you trash in conversation. So the second point I gave you on Sunday was take the trash out so you don't get trashed. Scar would justify why he was that way because trash doesn't always know it stinks. If trash knew it stinks, it'd take itself out. That's the point. In Scar's mind, the reason I'm so negative is I have a right to be. The reason I got these issues with everybody is because I got a right to be. The reason I got these problems with everybody, I got a right to be. And what's amazing is we looked at the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34. It says, do not be deceived. Don't play yourself. Bad company or conversations ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor uh, as is right and do not go on sinning. For some of you have no knowledge of God, I say this to you, Sam. He says, listen, literally your conversations with scars have you tipsy about the truth. There are certain people who are sent in your life to get you tipsy and leave. 
Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't talking to me. Now, maybe, maybe you don't know what it is to be tipsy. Ask your neighbor. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Have fun at church. I'm just playing. To be tipsy means you ain't fully you. Watch this. You know enough to know where you at, but you don't know where you're doing where you at. Look at me, please. There are many individuals, watch this, that people will show up in your life. And it's a fun time. It's an exciting time. It feels good for a little bit, but they're literally sent by the enemy to get you tipsy about the truth. What's the truth about God's word? And so now they're introducing trash to you. They're introducing trashy conversations. They're introducing stuff to you. Well, maybe it don't take all that. Maybe I don't need God. Maybe I don't need church. Maybe I don't need to give. Maybe I don't need to do this. Maybe it don't matter. Maybe my standards are too high. I need to bring them down. Maybe I do want too much out of relationships. Maybe I need to bring it down. And I need you to come up out of your tipsy state and somebody say, God's truth i need you to realize the bible says that you will be in a drunken stupor because of bad conversations you literally will start thinking crazy thoughts because of bad conversations you will literally be poisoned about something that you don't know to be factual because of a bad conversation y'all not saying nothing to me the trash that Scarfed Simba, here it is, we're wrapping it up, is that the only the bravest lions go to the elephant graveyard. And Simba goes to the graveyard, even though his father warned him to stay away from it because hyenas, their primary enemy, live there. Now, here's what's amazing. Why would Scar say go to the elephant graveyard? Scar would think there's nothing wrong with that because Scar liked dead places. Scar liked living in his debris field. Be careful if the people around you ain't talking about the future, they are stuck in their past. <laughs> Baby, I was prime queen back in 89. Look, I was captain of the football team back in 04. Sir, it's 19. I need you to get some new victories. Ma'am, it's 19. I need you to get some new victories. Would you lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and say, it's time for new victories? Matter of fact, I prophesy, hands up, I prophesy God's about to give you some new victories so you can start telling some new stories, so you can start announcing some new things in your life. Somebody shout, my house is next. Watch, 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 watch. Scar tells Simba, go to the elephant graveyard. Go over there, that's where the brave lions go. Here would have been my question to Scar, why ain't you, why ain't you there? Why is it you don't interrogate the right people? You interrogating folk with the truth. And folk that's sitting up lying, ain't nothing about a lie. In the South, we say it another way, but I ain't going to say it. They ain't got nothing but lies coming out. You don't ask them no questions. They got a history of lying. Google lying, here they go. You don't ask them nothing. You interrogate the wrong people. You are more skeptical and cynical of people with truth than you are with people who have a proven history of being a doggone lie. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So I would say, well, why aren't you there? Here's the second thing. I would say, daddy said not to go over there. So you telling me to disobey him means me and you got a problem. 
People who try to tell you it's okay not to follow God's word, you need to end up having a problem with them people and not have a problem with God's word. I wish you would sit next to somebody that says, listen, I done already tried it my way and that hasn't worked. I done already tried to do it my way. That has not accomplished anything. From this day forward, for God I live and for God I die. From this day forward, I just need to check the room. Is there anybody that says, I'm not perfect, but let me tell you what I'm going to be. Faithful. I wish I had some faithful people in this room tonight. Is there anybody that can tell God, God, you can count on me to be faithful? Watch. And I told you this third point. I'm wrapping it up. Proverbs 6.27. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? And I told you this. Don't play with what happens. You get burned. I need you to realize he's not leaving his wife for you. They got quiet on me right there. All right. All right. Woo, y'all got quiet right now. You played with fire, baby. Yeah, apparently I got off in the Kool-Aid. Let me, we in here. I need you to realize that all them questions they're asking you, maybe, maybe that's not your new best friend. Maybe that's somebody running surveillance. Let's move on. Touch your neighbor and say, stop playing with that fire. Stop letting them text you because you're lonely. God Almighty. I wish I had a real church that could tell the truth because we didn't all play with fire. Where are the people that can tell the truth? Well, we didn't play with some fire. But thanks be to God, even when you got buried, he brought you back. I need you to release a praise that he gave you some grace and mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't all play with fire. Thinking you one of them people at the circus. You got a lighter? Anybody got a lighter? Y'all just don't want to tell me. It's okay. It's okay. They're like, like a lighter, lighter? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. When I was a kid, I'm a, can I finish the message? We're going to give God praise. When I was a kid, um, my mama had a big old pot of chitlins on the stove. Um, this is Denver. Chitlins are chitterlings. And um, that's what they call them on the tub. And in the South, you, you didn't need chitlins on a special occasion. In the South, you had chitlins just because it was Sunday dinner. <laughs> so my mother had a big old thing of chitlins. And, and, and she told me, stay out that kitchen. So she told me, she said, stay out that kitchen and, 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 and don't go in there because I got food on the stove. Well, me, I said, you tell a Nim to stay out the kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to go check. So I walked in the kitchen and I walked in the kitchen. I put my hand up on the stove. And when I put my hand up on the stove, I was trying to, I was too short, too short. I was too short. And so I couldn't reach over the thing. And I, come on, be safe. And, 
I just messed with you. And I, and, I, and I was trying to reach over the thing. As I was trying to reach over the thing, all of a sudden, all the skin on my wrist. And he was like. No, it was like a whole dramatization. You got to do the sound effects. It was like. And this skin is just back here. And I'm hollering. I'm just hollering. I'm screaming. She comes in there. What'd you do? Yep. I told you not to play. So your current pain is because you wouldn't heed the warning not to play with. But I came to announce to somebody, God says, I think you got the lesson by now. I don't know who I'm prophesying and preaching to tonight, but some of the pain you've been dealing with has been because you were playing with fire. And God said to tell you tonight, he says, I think you got the lesson, and it seems like you're ready. Touch your neighbor say, my house is next. Watch. Let me close it. Check this out. Scar had an alliance with the hyenas, and together they conspired to kill Mufasa and Simba. And the plot comes alive after he teases Simba about the failure of his roar at the elephant graveyard. The hyenas show up. And hyenas scare Simba because that's the primary enemy. And, and notice I told you on Sunday that hyenas are from the dog family. So, so check this out. Hyenas are really dogs that laugh. They're dogs that cackle. Mm. They, they are dogs that, watch this, lure you into their mess and laugh at you when you're stuck. My God, some of you, that's what your situations did. It lured you into a mess and then laughed at you. But can I speak to you tonight? God says you're about to get the last laugh. That ain't for everybody, but that's for somebody. Watch. So he tells Simba, you should run instead of deal with the issues. And I told you on Sunday, when you run from your issues, you're on a treadmill. You ran, but you didn't go anywhere. And here's the last scripture I want to give you. This one's about to blow your mind. You ready? It's Job chapter 5, verse number 2. This explains to you Scar's life. His whole life is in Job chapter 5, verse number 2. It says, surely vexation kills the fool and jealousy slays the simple. I'm going to say it again. Surely vexation, what's vexation? Frustration kills the fool and jealousy slays the simple. You, you, you missed it. You missed it. Scar's whole life ends like a fool. Because his frustration of his situation makes him turn into a man he has no business being. The frustration of his situation has him turn to being a deceiver, a heartbreaker, a liar. A Look at me. For some people, your frustration, watch this, was sent. And if you don't handle your frustration right, it's going to be your end. Why? You'll defeat yourself because you're going to try to make it happen versus following God's word to see it happen. You're going to try to do what you got to do and you're going to step on whoever you got to step on. But baby, you're going to have to reap what you sow. This is the last part. And jealousy slays the simple. What was Scar's real issue? Jealous. He was mad that somebody else had what he thought he should have had. Some of you get mad at life because you watch this. If we tell the truth, you've been comparing your life with somebody else's. 
And in your mind, why she get that? She don't do this. She don't do this. She don't do this. Why he get that? He don't do this. He don't do that. Why is this person doing this? Why is this person doing this? And God says, I need you to stop. Because if you're not careful, that jealousy is going to slay you. <laughs> that jealousy is going to take you out. Because you're competing to be something I didn't call you to be. You're competing to be something that that's not what I got for you to do. I didn't send you, watch this, to just be a duplication of somebody else you saw on Instagram. I didn't send you to just be a duplication of somebody else that you saw. Y'all not talking to me on Twitter. I didn't send you just to be a duplication of somebody you saw on Facebook. You are literally comparing your life and you're jealous of somebody, watch this, of what you think they have. Jealousy killed Scar. Let Scar tell the story, I'm fighting for my rightful place. But the truth is, Scar, you frustrated and you jealous. And what you should do when you see somebody that has something you want is study, not slander. We live in a culture, come on y'all, let's tell the truth. We about to take this thing home. Let's tell the truth. We live in a culture where when we see somebody doing good, Sometimes, tell the truth. Oh, really? Did you hear the silence in the room? We live in a culture where sometimes you see somebody doing good. Hmm. What, hmm. what they doing? What he doing? Huh. That ain't her hair, though. I'm just saying. It was... I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's nice and everything, but that ain't her hair, though. I mean, I just, you know that, right? Watch me. Watch me. Scar saw everything good about Simba, and he attacked it. And Simba ran, watch this, when Simba should have said, all this stuff you were attacking about me, maybe my affliction, maybe I'm afflicted because I'm gifted. So I want to ask you a question. Are you Scar or are you Simba? Y'all answered that one. No, I'm Simba. Come on. Ah, <laughs> Sabenya. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Nachos and tacos. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's be honest for a minute. I'm about to shout you. Let's just be honest. Has the majority of your life up to this point been like Scar or been like Simba? Every time you see other people doing good, do you do you get vexed? And then and, and, and do you get do you do you do you get jealous? When you get see, you talking about I want to be a boss. Start with being a great employee. I'm just saying. You frustrated answering the phones. How are you gonna own the phone company? Lay your hands to yourself. Say, I release frustration. Come on, we about to go in. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I release everything that's been vexing me and frustrating me. Say, I release any jealousy or envy that might be in me towards anybody else. 
I'm just like Simba, son of the Savior, son of the King, son of the promise. My house is next. I will not let my frustration shut me down, stop me, or block me. From this moment forward, I'm pressing forward. You need to realize, watch this, that you've had failures, but you're not a failure. You've had mistakes, but you're not a mistake. You need to realize that, watch this, you're a king and a priest. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and never beneath. You're always overcoming, never being overcome. Somebody say, I remember. I need you to remember how last time you thought you weren't going to get out, God got you out. I need you to remember how last time you thought it wasn't going to work, God made it work. I need you to remember how last time you thought your life was over, God opened up a door. I need you to remember that he's been there. I need you to remember that he's been faithful. I need you to remember that he's never given up on you. Somebody say, I remember. And Simba goes back. And when Simba goes back, Scar tries to throw his past in his face. And he says, Simba, remember what you did. But Simba said, no, I don't remember what I did, but let me tell you what I do. I remember who I am. And I may have done everything that you said I did. Come on, Wednesday. But I am not who you say that I am. Because he that has begun a good work in me is going to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are made new. All things are made new. And Timon and Puma, they asked, they asked Rafiki. They said, where's, where's, where's Simba? They talked to one another. I thought he was with you. Oh, said, I thought he was with you. Rafiki says, you ain't going to find him here. Why? The king is returning. Look at me. For many of you, watch this, hear me. In some areas of your life, you've been in a daze. Some areas of your life you've been just. And I came tonight to tell you, watch this, the kingdom's waiting on you. Look at me, please. God says the kingdom is waiting on you. Whose kingdom? His. He said, I am waiting on you to remember who you are. Because when you remember who you are, there's some stuff you ain't going to fight with no more. There's some people you ain't even going to want to be around anymore. There's some stuff you ain't going to want to do no more. I didn't come to beat you down Wednesday. I came to lift you up and tell you that the king has returned. Would you lay your hands on yourself? Say your first and last name. Say, wake up. Say it again. Say, wake up. Say, there's a king in you. Say, it gets better from here. Say, God ain't done with you yet. I'm out of time, so would you release a praise if you believe in Wednesday? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.